Hello and welcome everyone to this month's episode of Everyone Needs a Spotter, brought to you by RMS Fitness Equipment Services. We've been gone for a while, but we're proud and we're happy to be back. We've, uh, we've kind of readjusted the format and we're ready to bring you some awesome, applicable fitness information for you. Uh, I'm Steve Heitzer and I'm joined as always by General Manager Robert Decker and Assistant General Manager Emily Vinos. How's everybody doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Doing well, Steve. Thanks for asking. Oh, no problem at all. I'm glad you guys could be here today. It has been a little while. For those that aren't familiar with our podcast, uh, we are RMS Fitness. This podcast is Everyone Needs a Spotter. I just said that, but I'll say it again. And the reason why we do this podcast is there is an abundance of health and fitness information out there. It's, uh, you know, easy to find, hard to always know what to do with, right? So what we do here is we go out and we find what we think is helpful and applicable fitness and health information, and we break it down into simple format and we share it with everyone and hopefully uh, we benefit from it and we hope that our listeners do as well right agreed. so oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no oh, i said agreed agreed he agreed okay good he agreed I so agree. emily agrees too good okay. everyone agrees so we at least we're agree. not wasting our time being here no no so we have some interesting uh you know articles and information that we're going to discuss today but before we dive into that we want to announce and let everybody know that this month the month of june because that's what it is june is spin bike month now a lot of people are familiar with spin bikes you've probably seen them maybe see them at your local gym that you used to go to back before everything closed but we've got some uh some special offerings here locally that we're going to talk about a little bit later and we're going to share some information today about spin bikes and emily's going to talk a little health and nutrition what That's are we right. talking about today, Emily, on the health and nutrition front? Well, I figured we should just look at what is in season and for fruit, strawberries are in season and for vegetables, asparagus. So we're just going to go over a little bit of fun facts about both. Yum. Excellent. You know what? Uh, one of those I eat and, and it's the other. probably not the <laughs> one that you think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll talk about that later, and we'll get into the reasons why. And then Robert's going to kind of help us a little bit more on the fitness equipment side of things. We're going to yes. talk spin bikes, how they work, what they do, and why you should use them. Correct. So before we uh, waste any more time flapping our gums, maybe we'll just dive right on in with our first uh, subject. Robert's going to help us with the ideas, benefits of spin classes. Your gym probably offers them, but Robert, why should they take them? So yeah, Steve, I uh, took the time to look up an article in reference to spinning because everyone knows spinning it's not new it's um obviously you know that what's the old saying it's not that we're reinventing the wheel but i looked up some information because as you mentioned this month we're talking about spinners at rms fitness and throughout the year we're going to break down each month with a specific piece of equipment some of the benefits what you should think about educating people about what makes up certain pieces of equipment um, it may be beneficial to some, to others, maybe it doesn't strike a nerve, so to speak, with them. But a lot of people do ask questions about the products that they're buying. So we're going to break it down this month through the podcast with a few articles we're going to go over today. And then throughout the month, we'll talk about the various uh, things that make up spinning and why it can be beneficial for those who want to get into spinning. And then, of course, particular bikes, the features about the bikes, things like that. So back to this article about uh, the benefits. Now, the article that I looked up talked about eight benefits. I'm going to pick up on six of them, not eight to six. Okay. Because uh, the one starts to reference outdoor cycling. I think I'll save that for a later date. Okay. To talk about outdoor cycling. All right. Beautiful. The benefits of that and how we could do more of that. So if I said the word Peloton, do 
you know what Peloton is? Never heard of it. Yeah, right. Millions of dollars put in the um, advertising. It's a household name now. If you, Steve, you're out in the field, you talk to a customer in a, in a community center or apartment complex or any property, and they're looking at an interactive bike they think of. Peloton. Peloton. So spin classes, the reason they were designed is to take a nice workout. And Emily, you know the benefits of a short workout with good gains mm -hmm. and burn, right? Yeah. In a short period of time. Well, that is what a spin bike is designed to do. Take 30 to 60 minutes and get a nice burn in. And the benefits of that is that a lot of these classes that you can take in the gym, you can go in the early morning or in the afternoon and you can benefit from them. So one thing about spinning is quite frankly, not to embarrass anyone, but riding a bike, I would assume most of us have had the opportunity to ride a bike as a kid, right? Most of us have. I think I remember riding okay, a bike. Okay, so there you go. So everyone is familiar with the properties of riding a bike, right? Um, so with spinning, it is generally speaking, it's easy to get involved in it. As opposed to a weight training class that may be a little more intimidating, spinning could be less intimidating. At least that's what most of the polls say about people who want to get started in some type of group training. Spinning is usually easier to get involved in. I mean, it makes sense, right? You think about your like uh, your learning curve, right? Yeah. Of strength training, you got to worry about your your form, mm -hmm. your grip. You know how you hold the the weights, what weights you're going to use what exercises are good for what parts of your body. There's a lot of, I guess, burden of knowledge that comes along with trying to get into strength training that maybe isn't quite so steep, that incline uh, or learning curve, so to speak, right. with the spin bike. Agreed. Totally. That's right there, Steve. You're with me. So again, that is the benefits of that. And that's why this product we picked this month to, to kind of encourage people to consider, whether at your local gym or maybe even in home. So now we're talking about home spinning. And because of so much virtual and interactive training, many, many opportunities are available either through an app through your iPad or through the actual bike we mentioned, Peloton. We here at RMS Fitness, we have the Echelon Fitness product, which brings the same interactive training to our customers so they can sign up for that subscription. In fact, we just recently delivered a few mm -hmm. to some local um a community down in College Park. So now their residents can go down and get a, be a part of that. So it is a unique experience, meaning that there are various classes that you can be involved in. So is there one thing about exercising? Let's see, if I said the word boredom, is that common with exercising, Emily? I think a lot of people would feel that way, especially, especially if they're not naturally wanting to do it. So you get bored, you get tired doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it depends. But a lot of people would probably say it is boring. Exactly. And Steve, you know, strength training, I know you've been doing a lot of strength training. So if you're doing the same exercises every time and you, you hit that plateau, boredom sets in right afterwards. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, boredom definitely, you know, sets in. You, you feel like you're doing the same things over and over again. And, it, you know, it also, you know, plays into some fatigue elements too. So, you know, it, being able to mix things up a little bit, keep it interesting, so to speak, even if it's mental fatigue, being able to keep yourself focused mentally 
makes a big you know difference in terms of you know your commitment to what you're trying to do right. i was going to say the same thing like if you like what steve said if you're bored then mental fatigue but you start to dread right the workout Agreed. your approach to it and some of us used to run and running alone some people can do it and then some who like to prefer to run with people like we have some local company um who does a lot of races and, and events like that. So being a part of that kind of energizes you. Well, that's something unique about spinning is there is a community, right? Right. If you are at a gym, you meet up with people you know, and they all cheer you on. The instructor's goal is to keep you going. And even in some of these interactive, the community is so beneficial because as we just mentioned, if you're getting bored or you feel like you're falling off pace or you're not getting the burn you want to get in the ride, well, that's where the people around you in the community, even in the interactive world, can keep pushing you. Leaderboard. Um, I don't know. I was riding recently and saw the leaderboard, and then I started to look at it more closely. And then all of a sudden, it does stimulate you to want to do more. So there were 300 and some riders, and I'm like... Wow, there are a lot of people ahead of me. I won't tell you where I was. You, you, didn't, you, like, you didn't like being 298? <laughs> it was just, it was <laughs> eye-opening that there were, you know, 300 plus people. And I was like, wow, these people are moving. <laughs> so that leaderboard thing gave me some energy to move forward. Now, <clears throat> we mentioned about convenience. So obviously, if you can't make it to the gym, there is the interactive bikes that are out there and the apps that go along with, with if you don't have an interactive bike. And I also met up with a customer recently and she talked about how the bike has kept her engaged. And I said, well, you look forward to going back to the studio. Now I'm not endorsing anything particular way. That's, that's not what this is about. But it was interesting that she mentioned, I don't necessarily know I'm gonna go back. I've enjoyed being home and, and being able to ride and getting that same feeling of being in a class. So to each and every individual, that's what it comes down to. So this last point talks about low impact. Now, low impact for some, and that's kind of going to segue into a point I'm going to mention about a particular part of a bike that needs to be considered prior to purchasing a bike, and that goes along with this low impact. Most people, when they get on an upright bike, I don't know if you guys have ever come across this, but people complain about their backs on an upright bike because of the leaning over. Now you're a back guy, you know the pain that comes with that. So, you know, there is some give and take. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Right? <laughs> but however, you know, you can feel good about the fact that if you get on the bike, there is, as you progress, now you can't get in there and feel like you're gonna like do this and, you know, like I said about the leaderboard, be at the top without some kind of uh, fallback as far as being sore afterwards. But it does mention, you know, when you have a treadmill, there's impact, you know, with rowing, there's, there's some things about the movement of rowing, but with a bike, it does say that this is actually pretty good for those who have arthritis. Yeah. And I didn't think about it that way. So this was good to pick up on. If I've ever been in the conversation with a customer that this is something that uh, is low impact, easy to get started. So if I could, guys, you know, just thinking about this whole point of benefits of cycling in a spin environment like this, just uh, put it out there to anyone who's listening. It's low impact. It can be convenient because of all the interactive stuff that's out there. It's um, not as intimidating, right? You can get started pretty easy. 
And for the most part, spin bikes are quite affordable. And uh, we'll talk about that more. And then finally, if you do get involved, there is a community to help keep you built up. So those are some of the benefits to spinning. And we'll talk about this throughout the month, but I wanted to share that today, Steve, with the, the community out there. You know, and before we move on, as you were talking about um, just the interactive community aspects of the spin bike thing, I was thinking about in my own neighborhood uh, community Facebook group where they, you know, for our HOA, one of the people in the neighborhood just posted and said that they were doing their um, 100th ride on their interactive bike. And they said, anyone else that has the same type of bike as me, apparently you can, you know, you can friend up on there mm -hmm, like a friends mm -hmm, list. Yep. And they did a group ride and a bunch of the neighbors all got on and did a ride together. And, you know, a lot of that stuff, right? Like if you're someone who craves that social element, it's probably been a rough year for you. True. You might not be ready for various reasons to dive back out there. You know, and right. if that's the case and you just need a little social interaction, this is a way you can kind of, you know, stay in your home, stay safe and stay healthy and also have some of the mental health benefits, too, of the, the social aspects of working out with friends. So you mentioned having the kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's when it comes to the interactive, you know, spin bikes, you know, classes in person versus online. And that's really the cool thing with the technology is that whatever it is that is your fancy, so to speak, with fitness, you know, you can just achieve that nowadays with all the different offerings. And certainly, we have something for everyone here at RMS Fitness. So if there's something that you'd like to test out, uh, the Echelon products that Robert mentioned are here on display in our showrooms. We have several, not just the bikes, but um, several of their different you know, products that you can kind of see in person here. And you know, if there's something that you like, we'd love to help you out with finding a little bit more about it. Emily, did you have any other thoughts about I know you've done some spinning with Robert. What was the, maybe the one thing that you like most about spinning? Um, when we're signed up to do a class, uh, I like the like the style of the different instructors. So some not my speed, and then some totally like my speed with like their their music that they picked out and everything. And and it can be really fun, like listening to the different songs and it gets you gets you going. But for sure, like I don't I don't spin that often, but it definitely burns my legs more than doing other exercises <laughs> and it's because I don't do it enough but I know those who do it regularly and like their their legs are awesome so like if you get it and you do it and you do it regularly like you will see results it's definitely worth it oh so you know what so we've, we've got some of the facts you know behind the classes we've had some personal experiences from Emily I think that was pretty awesome. So spin bikes, it's going to be the message of the month here. We're yep. going to talk about it a little bit more today as we go on. Maybe we'll take a quick break, hit a break, and then we'll come back and Emily will tell you how you can fuel your body with berries before you spin. We'll be back in a minute. Yes. All right, everybody, we are back. After a little break there, uh, Robert just got done wowing us and blowing us away with all the benefits of spin classes and why we should look into them if we haven't already. Emily's actually going to help us a little bit. You know, you can't just work out. You have to fuel your body. You have to give yourself some natural energies to keep yourself moving. And one of the best ways to do that is by making healthy diet decisions. Emily's going to tell us about a seasonal fruit right now. Maybe fruit? Is it? Very fruit. Very fruit. We'll find out in a minute. I didn't know if there was a trick there with strawberries. It was one of them fregibles, maybe. <laughs> but no, we're going to go ahead and pass over to Emily, who's going to tell us all about the benefits, facts, and some cool things about strawberries. Emily. Yeah, so, you know, coming out of the winter time, now it's 
summer, so that means there are going to be a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. And to Steve's point, when you're trying to work out and eat healthy, it's good to get into the mode of finding what is fresh and eating that and being excited about it. So anyway, here's my excited little spiel about strawberries. So I have a bowl of strawberries in front of us. Now, strawberries are red, covered in, Bob, what do you see? All red, over them. Uh, more Little red tiny seeds, maybe? Yes. Okay. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. But yes, seeds. So, my first fact is that strawberries are the only fruit that has their seeds on the outside. And there's like about 200 of them on a strawberry. And so, no wonder they get stuck in your teeth. Don't eat those because they're not clean. I'm going to count these for myself. <laughs> So Steve's going to count. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I do love strawberries. I mean, I love them as like just eating on their own or in a dessert or whatever. They're just so good, my opinion. My opinion only. I get it. So apparently, though, that strawberries aren't even true berries. Um, botanists, are they consider strawberries to be their own type of fruit. Their own type of mm -hmm. fruit? They're a separate fruit. Oh, oh, so even though it has the word berry in mm -hmm. it, it's just lion. Yeah, because they're, okay. they're not like any other berry, okay? That's true. So that's pretty cool. It's kind of neat. Yeah, and another fun thing is that strawberries are a member of the rose family. Bob loves a good rose bush, so. <laughs> really? Several planted in my own home. Oh. No. 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 Oh, wait, wait. Put him on the spot real big. It's more of a thorn guy. Yeah. <laughs> So what is also cool is, so I always forget the difference, and this is so so silly, but I forget the difference between annuals and perenni perennials. Correct. Okay. Does anybody here at this table know the difference between an annual plant and a perennial? The annual is good you know for a do? year, and the perennial is good forever, right? Yeah. I was going to say the opposite, so. And that's what I should have just like, not said that, actually, like annually, now that I'm thinking about I'm it. Like, oh, it comes back <laughs> every year. But that's not the case, and you're right. So strawberries are perennial, which I really experienced that on my own, okay, but also from reading this uh, article. So last year, guys, I was so excited. I bought a strawberry plant, right? And I was so excited about it. And all summer long, it bloomed one little measly strawberry. So winter came, and here we get harsh winters sometimes. Sure we do. And I left that plant outside in the pot, didn't care about it, thought I'd throw it away eventually. And guess what? Fully bloomed strawberries galore. So I bought a second plant, and now I have two strawberry plants that are doing so good. So basically, this article let me know that... I need um, to take notes on that because I <laughs> cannot keep plants alive. So that might actually give me a shot. So don't... And it says, this article says, don't feel bad because it may not bear fruit immediately, okay? But it will remain productive for about five years. So that's a good investment. But I will say this. I feel like maybe the strawberries we buy at the store are like injected with stuff to make them monstrous because the strawberries I'm growing, they're like bitties, <laughs> but they're really sweet and really good. So I've been very excited about that. Um, what else? So 
<laughs> the ancient Romans thought that strawberries had medicinal powers. They used to treat everything from depression to fainting to fever, kidney stones, bad breath, and strawberries. Interesting. That's a really, uh, that's a broad spectrum of <laughs> <laughs> medical benefits. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but seriously, though, there are a lot of health benefits to them because they obviously are so sweet. They're delicious, um, but they are low in calories and high in vitamin C, B6, K, fiber, folic acid, potassium, and amino acids. So... You know, go to your grocery store, get some, get some fresh strawberries, or even buy a strawberry plant and have that for five years. Let that be your little pet. And remember, it may not grow right away. You know, it may not blossom right away, but it will. Um, one thing is, though, for certain, which I would love to try, is I have seen videos about how to wash them, like you soak them. Okay. Okay. So you soak them in like a vinegar. What? If you wait for a while, not only like a vinegar solution, like you water dilute. Strawberries taste the them, opposite of vinegar. Have you ever seen these videos where no. like little buggies come out? Okay. So they're very dirty. <laughs> she lost me. No, no, this is good. This they're is good very, they're they're <laughs> very dirty, considered very dirty. Fruits. Send my wife a text message because and tell her to burn the berries. there's a lot of like <laughs> pesticides and things like oh, that. So you want that. to clean them really well. Sure. But when you do, like I've seen these videos and little bugs come out in the water. Wow. So I'm like, how many bugs have I eaten? How many bugs have you eaten? Well, so. that's, that could be some of the fiber, right? <laughs> that's a folic acid. Everyone's looking at me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's like, I do not eat strawberries. So hang on, hang on. So you're telling me. I'm telling you. I'm buying the store-bought strawberries, and yeah. I'm supposed to put them in this vinegar. It's like a watered and vinegar solution. It's to like a natural thing. People put them in their sink at home, and they just let them sit for a little while to clean them, to get the pesticides and stuff off. I'm upset that there's pesticides and bugs on the strawberries. Like yeah. I feel like, what, what is even happening right now? Well, kind of contradicts itself. <laughs> Things, yeah, yeah, the things you need to know. So anyway, um, that's what's in season, and that's what we're going to highlight uh, all, all throughout the month, just post little fun facts, get everyone to eat healthy, get excited about fresh fruits and vegetables throughout the summer. Let's eat healthy, let's be healthy, and um, enjoy the rest of this year because it does look like it's going to be a better year than last year. So that's all I have to say about that. Can I? Please. So listen, uh, I I just said my listen. So so listen, so listen. Like like that's not what you're doing on the podcast. Uh, no. So I was reading your article and I thought that a nice point was mm -hmm. the part where it mentions that strawberries contain high levels of nitrate. It's been shown to increase blood flow, oxygen flow to muscles. It says that research suggests that people who load up on the strawberries before exercising have greater endurance and burn more calories. Hey, so. Spinning, arthritic people, we love you, spin and buy strawberries. Yeah, because a lot of people know, like all jokes aside, right, like, you know, it, obviously it's giving you some of the same benefits that people look for in their pre-workout supplements, sure. right? Yeah. Yep. You're looking for the endurance. Some people actually take the, um, the, the nitrous oxide boosters and things mm -hmm. like that to try to increase blood flow 
blood flow. So, you know, one of the concerns between, behind a lot of those pre-workouts is the amounts of stimulants in yeah. them, some of the artificial things that they put in them to kind of boost you up. So if you're somebody who's trying to stay on the, you know, um, uh, what's the word where they make things really clean and healthy for you at the organic. grocery store, organic, and you're trying to eat clean, you're trying to eliminate uh, artificial, you know, mm-hmm. additives to your food. Maybe just like buy a big basket of strawberries and knock those bad boys back, and then uh, you can skip your pre-workout and see if it uh, gives you the boost you're looking for. So I like it. I can, thought that was pretty cool. Can I say one more fun fact? Of course. So one more fun fact. My sister, you know, you cut the ends off, the stems. She feeds them to her dogs for snacks. I heard one dog. She has one dog. Theo. He eats the stems. Ew. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the that was the personal life contribution right. from Emily Binos, everybody. No. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> no, so everybody, I mean, unless Emily, if you had anything else on strawberries, no. So I think, you know, that's a nice, as Emily mentioned, seasonal vegetable. It should be abundant in the markets, mm-hmm. little farmers markets, the things that you may see right now. It's a good time of year to get them. They're gonna taste the best this time of year. And uh, not only are they healthy, but they can help you with your workouts. So that was awesome, Emily. Thank you for that. And we're gonna be right back after a quick break. We're gonna grab a, a sip of water, catch our breath. And we'll jump right back in with some more information on spin bikes. All right, everybody, we are back. We just took a a little brief break there. Uh, Now, we've been talking a little bit about strawberries thus far and spin bikes and all the reasons why you should eat them and use them. And now Robert's actually going to tell you now. Now, it's funny. I ride my bike with my legs. And typically, I would think of getting my legs worked out when I ride a bike. But Robert's going to tell us a little bit about spin bikes and ways that you can uh, get an upper body workout while spinning so i don't think he's talking about riding a bike with your hands though so there's probably something a little bit more uh specific than what i'm thinking of so robert tell me tell me more i'm curious i'm glad you're curious steve so yes and no (laughs) yes we're going to talk about upper body and no not with your hands however so Bikes come with dumbbells on the back of their bikes. A lot of times there's a little dumbbell rack. You've seen them, right? Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, you will use those for certain weight training exercises while on the bike. So I thought I was going to find an article that would share the benefits of doing an upper body workout while on a bike. So I cruise the internet trying to find something, thinking, you know, if a customer comes in, you know, and they asked me, well, what do you think about a spin bike? And they're looking for various ways of doing an upper and lower body workout. What would be my response? So I looked up this article and I was actually encouraged because it mentions, you know, sometimes what people are trying to accomplish, it would probably be best if you didn't do anything other than cycle on a bike. Now, this might hit the internet, and I might get blown up with all the reasons not to. But I am in agreement with this particular person, which I will post the article. Definitely don't want to take any kind of um, rights or anything like that away from this person who wrote this article. But I do want to give them props for the way they, they presented it. So, for instance, when you're riding a bike, posture is very important. Yeah. You want to make sure your posture is good as you're riding because you could tweak a lower back muscle, hamstring, you name it. So you wanna make sure, you know, your seat's in a position, they'll tell you, you know, keep the core straight, 
you know, all the instructors, they're very, very specific about how you should ride a bike. So again, poor posture would lead to an injury, right? So we don't want to see that happen. But here's something else is what they're asking you to do on the bike. And man, again, I think I'm going to blow up the internet, but they'll ask you to do push-ups on a bike. Like, like I've seen that. I know. It's so, awkward. It is. So I, you know, for whoever hears this, Wait, are, are you, are you, are you pro bike pushup or, no, or not? I'm no. not. Okay. You're not. Okay. Because again, and I, again, I, I don't want to personalize it in such a way. So I'm trying to read this article with an open mind and come to a conclusion how I personally would approach it. And this person just happens to fall in line to how I would approach it. And that is you cycle for cardio and for muscle building in that area. But if you want an upper body workout, it might be best to jump off the bike and do something outside the bike, push-ups, burpees, but move in both, uh, using both for a benefit. So I talked about posture. Um, there's nothing you can really do on a bike that would build muscle, right? Because you're not going to grab a 45 pound Olympic bar and start doing shoulder presses. At least maybe Steve would. I personally am not in a position to do that. Maybe if they made a heavier one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so we really, we don't want to try to get ourselves involved in something that would compromise us. So I, I did enjoy the fact that, you know, there's this push to get everything in in 30 minutes. I mentioned that earlier about getting a class for 30 minutes. And I think that's great. But I like the way the person kind of spun it this way. Get a very effective 15-minute workout with your spinning or 20. And then do 15 or 20 with your upper body. Could be push-ups, planks, anything else that would work your core. But again, separating you from the bike. And there are classes Obviously, we mentioned people going back to the clubs. There are classes for this various exercise. I know when I did classes, you know, there'd be a bike in the room and you'd go and do this station and that station and you jump on a bike to get your heart rate up, get a nice burn. But I, I told you guys before this part started that you were probably thinking, well, we're going to hear something like he's going to show us how to do an upper body workout. And I thought I was too. But after reading this article, I'm going to have to say, I personally am not going to do an upper body workout on the bike. I'm going to focus on the spinning and do the upper body workout off the bike. So he hit us with a boom, flip it right now. Right? We, we came for one thing and we're getting another. Exactly. So, but it, I mean, if I can say, like, yeah. it reminds me of the your first part about the benefits of spinning. And you talked about boredom. I mean, I can't think of a better way to, you know, sp split up your workout on your spin bike than getting off and, and adding in those things like a burpee or push-ups and things like that. Like, that will definitely help you not be bored, that, mm -hmm. that constant change up. Oh, and there's a reason why companies have gone from building a bike with an interactive to now a rower to a treadmill to a mirror. Mm -hmm. There's a reason. It's to keep, keep people guessing that they're getting something more than just spinning. And that's to keep the mind thinking, oh, okay. And then of course you get results, right? Your body feels a difference in certain workouts. 
But I can't, I can't tell you guys enough that when I got, when I went out on this research, I thought for sure I was going to find something because I see it so much. Now, I'm not going to lie. There are classes out there and I'll leave the names of the, of the vendors that do this, but there are some who do it. And you know, maybe we, I just have to try it. But after reading this, I'm still swayed towards keeping them separate. And that's the opinion of the, uh, of the author as right, well. Right, exactly. So, you know, as opposed to doing the push-ups on the bike or, right. or the, uh, the 45-pound <laughs> Olympic bar, yes. as, as you mentioned. So if you're not going to get, you know, I know you mentioned a couple ideas, maybe jump off the bike, you know, mm-hmm. do something like that. Does the article mention anything, you know, that yeah. you might be able to squeeze in there? Oh, as absolutely. To that? Absolutely. Again, it, it talked about um, do various versions of the flank, of the flank, ha! of the plank, front, side, even towers. Uh, it even mentions um, things like burpees and push-ups. Um, again, just engaging the upper body because you've already, it depends on what you're doing. You're doing the upper body first, you're doing the spinning last. Then there's, that's, that's something we could probably talk later. Should you do cardio before weight training or weight training before cardio? Depends on what you want to work on. Right. So Logan, take a note on that, please, for right, a future so that's, episode. That's another episode, right? <laughs> so again, you, but you're, you want to isolate upper body. So you might want to do some shoulder press, whatever you've got, maybe some bands at home or dumbbells, and you can do those things. But again, if you've done the spinning first, I would assume there's you're going to go into nothing but upper body so you don't work the muscles twice as hard. So my two cents on this article, I'm glad I was, a kind of, I was looking at both of you waiting in anticipation, but this is what I got. That's awesome. So you know what? It doesn't take much. You already mentioned earlier that spin bikes are an affordable, uh, probably one of the most affordable, um, you know, starting points as far as fitness equipment's concerned. And, you know, a little bit more of an investment into a couple lightweight dumbbells, or maybe not lightweight, heavy, heavier weight dumbbells sure. if you need them. You know, a medicine ball, stability ball, mm-hmm. kettlebells, maybe whatever it is, small accessories that you would need to give yourself, you know, the resources to hop off the bike, do a little something real quick, and then hop back on. We, ha- we talked in a previous uh, podcast about the benefits of the, the high-intensity interval training mm-hmm. and how you can get almost more bang for your buck, right, than doing a long, drawn-out thing by doing some, you know, short, very intense cardio workouts. And we actually, here in the showroom, a shameless plug, we sell some very nice uh, self-guided fitness accessories for home. So if you're not like fully sure of exactly maybe what you could do, we do offer some products like stability balls and medicine balls and resistance bands that actually come printed with uh, different exercises that you can do on the floor in your own home. So if you need a little pointer, you know, one simple accessory can give you some directions to do eight to 10 different exercises, get supplement your spin bike very nicely. Perfect. Help you get a little bit more well-rounded workout at home. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. All right. So now that we're not riding our bikes with our hands, <laughs> no, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break. That's another episode we're gonna talk not about today. in our um, circus fitness um, segment that we're gonna <laughs> do. But in the meantime, we're gonna take a quick break. Emily, when we come back, she's gonna tell us a little bit, you know, because you can't only my, my kids love fruit. Both my kids are like fruit maniacs. But you know what they don't like? Vegetables. So we're gonna talk a little bit about one of those next and learn some benefits from that. We're going to talk about asparagus when we get back. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming down the, uh, the back nine here. Yes, we are. Of today's episode. And, you know, we just mentioned we talked a little bit about fruits earlier. Everyone loves fruit. Sweet, easy to eat. 
Now, sometimes people, maybe not so much with the vegetables. Now, I'm a vegetable guy personally, so it's not hard for me to eat them, but Emily, she's going to talk to us a little bit today about a particular vegetable. We've probably all seen it on the menu at our favorite uh, steakhouse. We're going to learn a little bit today about asparagus. I hope I pronounced that right. You did, because okay. earlier you, you pronounced it as avocado. I did. And <laughs> I did. <laughs> I've been on vacation for a few days, guys. You have to forgive me. <laughs> I love it. So how, how do I make asparagus sound fun and appealing? You can't. You don't. You can't. But if you like it, you know. You know, you, you like it. Like, I personally love asparagus. Now, as a kid, I didn't know any better. And at that time, I was, like, eating canned asparagus. Delicious. But I would eat it straight out of a can. Like, I loved asparagus. What? Then I went into, you know, I got older and actually started eating at real restaurants. Developed and, some taste and buds. Developed some taste buds. And then you have fresh, crisp asparagus cooked right. It's delicious. I mean, mm -hmm. it's so good. True statement. Um, but not only are they good and be considered fancy, they're super healthy for you. So um, one of the things um, about asparagus is that they are extremely high in vitamin K. And vitamin K is really important because that helps um, your blood clot. Um, however, too much of it can be can be a serious risk factor. So, like you know, like anything, everything in moderation. You don't want to just have a heavy diet of asparagus only. But asparagus, having that incorporated into your diet, is always a good thing. Um, Unless you're on blood thinners, in which case, consult your physician. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says there's an amino <laughs> acid, um, the amino acid asparagin, I hope I'm saying that right, helps flush your body of excess salt. And it has excellent, an, I'm sorry, excellent anti-inflammatory effects and high levels of antioxidants. So that is why you should consider eating them. And they're great because a lot of people enjoy them any kind of way, like I just said, raw or maybe roasted or maybe steamed or fried or straight out of a can or straight out of a can true fact i i was thinking about this and i thought emily <laughs> don't even mention this story it doesn't matter but i'm going to so i went to some of you may know i went to culinary school carver and my chef talked about he was so disgusted we were talking about asparagus we were making asparagus and he talked about how uh this kid would boil canned asparagus and that's how they would make it at home boiled canned i mean how do you make mush into more mush fun fact some good old asparagus pudding <laughs> it's because um asparagus is 93 percent of water and again like i said it can be eaten raw steamed boiled or fried um, what's also cool is that I found out that asparagus um, comes in three um, colors. Maybe vary, varies in, the in these colors, but in three colors. So the basic color that we know would be what, Bob? Robert? Bob? Robert? Rob Robert? See what, has there ever been in a class when you're in high school and you're like, you just look away for a moment and the teacher asks you a question, you're like, because I have no idea you're what she just across from, Okay, I will say, I'm trying to ask you the easiest. I totally didn't hear a word. This is a, okay, this is a professional operation here, listen, guys. Let's get it together. 
Uh, all right, I'm focused. The most common color of Asperias is... Would be green. Thank you. I wasn't putting on the spot. <laughs> but you were. It was but supposed you know, to be a layup. <laughs> do you know... Would you know of another color that Asparagus comes in? There's two other choices. Black. I'm... False. <laughs> that wasn't me. That wasn't me with the wrong answer. Uh, I'm going to go with white. Yeah. White wow. and purple. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm just colorblind. So I don't okay. think I've had purple, but I think So he I've just had tried white. to pass off <laughs> his answer of black for confusion about purple, and I'm not going to let that slide. Yeah. Okay. So although, yeah, although asparagus is commonly green, um, it does say there are varieties that are purplish or white. And the way that they make white asparagus is by growing it in the dark. So it's not like this special thing that, oh, it's a special asparagus. It's specifically made by growing it in the dark. And the lack of the photosynthesis prevents it from turning green. So there's no other nutritional facts? No. So it's just so the it, way. So it's literally the same thing that happens to me every winter. <laughs> Yeah, it's a winter vegetable. <laughs> so that was cool. I never knew that before. Um, and the, the purple asparagus is a variant that was developed in Italy. So that's pretty cool. Um, it does have higher amounts of sugar and lower amounts of fiber. But like I said, I mean, it is, the, um, it is in season for this year. And asparagus is super easy to cook. It's not very expensive, and it can make any dish look extremely fancy. So that is why um, I was highlighting asparagus for this year. I mean, for this segment of this year, right? Of this month. Let's get it straight. <laughs> yes, thank you. Actually, okay. Okay. I know I'm putting you on this spot again, Robert. I'm here. But you're the math guy, right? I try to be. You're the math guy. Yes. So the last fun fact Please. about asparagus says, according to Guinness World Records, the longest asparagus was 138 and a half inches long. I thought you were about to say feet, and I was going to fall over. Like, I, like, like it's a California redwood asparagus. <laughs> so it's a little less than 12 foot. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Can That's you impressive. imagine? That's like, impressive. I'm five How big five. does the steak have to be that comes with that? <laughs> yeah. Can you hear the story, <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalk? That would be me in this asparagus. That's literally the beanstalk. <laughs> it was this world record-setting asparagus. <laughs> and, of course, I think everyone um, has probably experienced that um, asparagus is known for um, giving that unique foul smell when you go to the bathroom. That is the Baragusic acid. I knew we'd get here. Yeah, this is this is what I was waiting for. <laughs> and it says when your body digests this acid, it's broken down into sulfur-containing compounds. But why is it so fast? It's so wonderful. I mean, no no sooner do you eat it, you smell it. It's yeah, true. It's amazing. It's very quick. It's very quick. And I personally enjoy it. <laughs> Not following up somebody else. Enjoy, but she says. myself. <laughs> So, okay, well, that's all I have to share about asparagus. So, again, let's eat healthy this summer. Let's get some fresh fruits and vegetables. Let's support our local farmers or even little farmer markets mm -hmm. and go and pick up some and cook a really nice fancy dinner and then a really nice fancy dessert with strawberries.
Wow. And you know what this month is, guys? It is June. June. And did you know? <laughs> did you know? Oceana County, Michigan, self-proclaimed asparagus capital of the world. And every year in June, they host the National Asparagus Festival. So if you're just stirred up and motivated by what Emily has said here today, I am sure that plane tickets to Michigan right now cannot be too expensive to keep you from taking a trip out to the National Asparagus Festival in Michigan. And you too can have funny smelling pee like Emily. <laughs> <laughs> but keep it to yourself. <laughs> no, no. But in all seriousness, though, you know, there are a lot of benefits uh, to eating well, eating healthy. Emily's got her hand up, I think. No, I keep hitting the mic oh. and Logan looks at me. Oh, we have a really strict producer here in the building, guys. Yes, if we touch do. the mics, we get in trouble. That's why we didn't record for the last three months. <laughs> he didn't let us. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but no, Emily, in all seriousness, though, thank you very much for covering that. You know, uh, finding all of the good reasons to eat vegetables can help put you over a little bit if you're somebody who struggles. You know, if you can find the benefits of it and find the ones you like and, you know, work them into your diet and get the benefits, a little vitamin K goes a long way. Hey. I like that. So we're going to hit a break, and then we're going to come back with our last segment on spin bikes. It's going to be a little bit more of a technical segment, I think. I think so. And we're going to be brief, and then we'll wrap it up with a few more parting words. We'll get you back in about a few seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. For our final segment today of Everyone Needs a Spotter, we've been talking all things spin bikes, fruits and veggies, asparagus, strawberries, upper body workouts, and all the reasons why you should sign up for a spin class. Now, there are some technical details to spin bikes that, uh, you know, for those of you that really like to dive into the spec sheets, you know, you may have some questions mm -hmm. about what sets them apart. That's right. One of the common uh, considerations when it comes to spin bikes, indoor spin bikes and indoor cycles, is the weight of the flywheel. Well some said. people might think it could be totally meaningless. Robert's going to tell us the truth. True. The whole truth. So, Robert, take it away. Tell us a little bit about the, 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 the flywheel on the spin wheel. Spin bike. The, flip, 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 the flywheel <laughs> on the spin bike and what it has to do with the bike and what people should know about it. So, there are many, 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 many manufacturers of spin bikes. And so, I wanted the opportunity to figure these things out. Now, I haven't been spinning by any means professionally for any length of time. But, with that said, like any consumer, I would like to know what I'm buying and why certain key elements seem to stand out when I see the features in a bike. So, the flywheel is something that's put out there. Weight, you know, you got 20 pound, eight pound, 30 pound. So what is the deal? So since Emily put me on the spot several times oh. in the last segment, I would like her to help me with this segment in the sense of heavy versus light. So a heavier flywheel or a lighter flywheel, which one is more beneficial, Emily? Heavier. Why do you say that? More tension. More tension. Okay. Steve, you're, you're up. I would say heavier as well. Okay. Can I add one thing? Sure, please. We don't have your articles. <laughs> I know you don't. There's a reason. <laughs> you but had mine. <laughs> maybe, though, if I explain my thought. Yes, please. If I'm wrong, it'll at least make me not sound as dumb. <laughs> no, I was thinking that the heavier flywheel might help to simulate more of a realistic road feel when on the bike. You know, the heavier flywheel might give you more of an authentic bike riding uh, feeling versus a lighter flyweight. Flywheel. Wait. Fly yes. You know what I'm trying to say. Yes. Flywheel. <laughs> I feel like it would also take you, it would have to take more momentum to get that 
heavier flywheel going. And then once it's going, should be pretty golden. Okay. Got it. So what I'm experiencing right here is exactly what the article threw out. That these are the thought processes that go through people's minds. And what came down to this is obviously resistance. There used to be the little leather pad back in the day that was more of the old school spinner bike approach. Now you hear things like electromagnetic resistance. Yeah. So you have these magnets on each side of the flywheel. The closer they get to the flywheel, the more tension you feel. So definitely give props to this person, as Steve mentioned earlier, uh, after the article, I explained where I found this. So Steve mentioned getting the feel on the road. Well, not necessarily the feeling on the road, but basically if you've ever pedaled a bike that doesn't have enough resistance. You ever feel your feet are just sloppy, yeah. right? Yeah. If so, you're in the wrong gear on a mountain bike or right. something. Yeah. So what a bike designer has to do is they have to balance the bike, the gears in the bike. Now this is where it really gets technical and I won't go down that road, but the flywheel has to match the gearing in the bike in order to give you that smooth feeling because they could ruin the bike. So if the bike flywheel is too light and the gearing is not good, then the bike is not going to feel good. So more expensive or less expensive? Heavier flywheel would be more expensive bike or less expensive bike? Emily? More expensive. Steve? I'm going to go with less expensive. And Steve would be correct in this manner. One is because, let's face it, spin bikes have been around for a long time. And really the challenge is, is that heavier flywheels are easier to manufacture based on all of that technology prior. Whereas you take a certain company mentioned in this article, and you'll have to read the article to see who they mentioned, talks about how they took an eight pound flywheel, which is kind of unheard of, and give you the same feeling that you would get in a sense from a heavier flywheel. But all the technology went in that. They mentioned that that bike is over two grand. So as Steve and I, who were in the business of selling, know that that's way up there. Mm -hmm. So, but with that said, that's a decent bike. You get a great feeling. And most people who have ridden this bike would agree that it's a very good spin bike. So let's review this. Uh, Emily mentioned heavier flywheel would take more energy to start and stop the pedals, right? Yeah, I did say that. All right. So that would then put pressure on your joints. Mm. So that might be a little harder, right? Yes. So if you have joint issues, there is a consideration and that's why here at RMS Fitness, you hear that plug coming, we ask you to test the equipment prior to buying it. So you come in and you test the, the spin bikes and you can determine if you're going to feel that that is too much. And let's face it, we might not have a product that would fit your exercises because of your dynamics of your joints. Now, hopefully we do, but if that would be the case, it's better for you to find a piece of equipment that would work with your joints than to buy, sell something to you that you would regret buying. So nobody wants to have the spin bike that just sits in the corner. Yes. You know, all the best intentions. <laughs> right. So again, with the lighter flywheel, it takes less energy to get it going and less energy to stop it. Hence less, or excuse me, easier on the joints. Now I will say again, it comes down to the budget. So you're going to find that ones with heavier flywheels are going to be less expensive than those with a light flywheel, which could be very expensive. So 
Again, this is actually a debate that has gone on and on. And I thought I was going to come to the conclusion to tell you which one was better and which one was it. And it's, uh, it comes down to, like everything we kind of see here at RMS Fitness, it's the quality of the piece. So if it's, if it's a good quality product, you can be rest assured that it's probably going to be well built. And then with that said, you'll get a very nice workout out of it. So the flywheel is important. Remember, we're talking about your joints. We're talking about the budget. We're talking about just you in general. What are you trying to get out of the workout itself? So I thought that was interesting because you see that so often when you're researching for a new spin bike. You know, what is the big deal about a flywheel? Well, I hope I answered it in layman terms for everyone so that when you are shopping for the bike, that this information would be helpful to you. So that's all I had to share. That's awesome. You know, it, it's pretty common. You know, people ask us a lot of times, you know, for information off the spec sheets of these bikes and treadmills or other machines that we're selling here. So, you know, it's important to kind of maybe not just approach it from a number standpoint, but maybe yeah. to understand how, you know, mechanically it works, how it works with your body's you know, mechanics as well, because there's way more to it than just, like you said, buying the heavy one or buying the light one. There's maintenance concerns, there's mm -hmm. long-term repair concerns, you know, as, you know, it will come a few years down the line, if you're making repairs, you got to think about, you know, maybe replacing the flywheel, you know, take all of those things into yeah. consideration, right? So that's really good information. Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I would not have been able to tell you accurately based off of the information in that article um, you know, the, what the difference or what the impact of that might have been, a, at least not to that level, you right. know what I mean? So that's really beneficial, not only for the customers listening, but for us too, when we're helping folks out, right? So Agreed. 100%. that's really one of the cool parts. You come up here to the showroom, like you said, we have more than one spin bike. We have more than one treadmill, more than one rower that you can hop on, give them all a whirl, find the ones that work best for your unique, uh, you know, your body design. Yeah. Everyone's taller, shorter, various other dimensions you know, that we won't get into and you need to have the machine that works best for you. Right. So I think that that was an excellent segment. Thanks for throwing in our little, our, our little tech piece there at the end, because we wouldn't be RMS fitness if we didn't talk tech for a minute. That's Absolutely. our, uh, that's our roots. So we appreciate everybody taking the time to look into these various articles to get that information together. We don't want to forget to acknowledge mm -hmm. uh, our sources for the articles today. Now we are going to be posting throughout the week after we post this podcast, we're going to be sharing these articles to our various socials so that folks can check them out, read them in more depth, and see about some of the additional things that maybe we didn't get to dive into uh, here in this conversation. So, Robert, maybe you want to acknowledge your, your sources yeah. for today real Shout quick? Shout out to, uh, let's see here, we had an article from thehomegym.com, then we had an article from bicycling.com, and then finally I shared an article from verywellfit.com. And so from all three of those sites, we found some helpful information. Absolutely. And Emily, for your fruits and veggies? I'd like to give a shout out to myself. No, I'd like to, <laughs> <laughs> for the strawberries, I uh, found the article on uh, foodrepublic.com. And for the asparagus information from modernfarmer.com. So thank you to all the folks over there who put the hard work into putting those articles together. We hopefully uh, can share some of that information with our listeners who will then find some benefit Check out their websites. They may have some more interesting information on there as well. And before we go, we know we mentioned it is Spin Bike Month here. And in the name of Spin Bike, if you followed us on social media, uh, you may have already seen that we're offering some promotions here in the showroom. Now, we are going to be having a grand opening here at some point in the near future for our new residential uh, fitness equipment showroom. We don't have a date quite uh, pinned out for that yet, but we'll let you know when we do. 
So we look forward to inviting you up here because for the month of June, while it is Spin Bike Month here at RMS Fitness, we're offering a promotion where folks can save over $100 off of the, uh, the retail price of the spin bike of their choice here that they like in our showroom. And we can tell you a little bit more about that if you reach out to us either online, you can email us at sales at rmsfitness.com if you have any questions or to schedule an appointment to come by and check some things out here. And I think that that's pretty much all that I had for folks today. Bob, you have anything that you wanted to? No, just glad to be back with you, Steve. Thanks. I've been gone for a little bit. The podcast has been on pause. This feels really nice to be back with everybody. Emily? Yeah. Anything to throw out there before we wrap it up? Nope. It's good to, it's good to be here with you. Thank you. She sounds like she means it, everyone. No, so that's really all we had, everybody. Thank you in advance for listening. We hope that it was educational, entertaining, and informative. I'm Steve Heitzer. I'm here again with Robert Decker, Emily Vinos, the team here from RMS Fitness Equipment Services. This is Everyone Needs a Spotter. Look forward to talking to you next time.